Welcome to our backyard. This is the Backyard Philosophy Podcast. We are two friends having a discussion after everyone else has passed out or gone to bed. Grab a drink and listen as we discuss everything from automation, space exploration, and why the meaning of life is 42. The metric system, football, and speedos. Things America does not. But you know what America does and the rest of the world doesn't? Tipping. We're going to be talking about tipping today. And surprisingly enough, I did not know this, it's very uncommon to tip around the world. It's But it's completely normal here in America. But before we get into that, Nick, how are you doing? And what are you drinking? I'm doing great. Drinking some American Prairie bourbon from High West Distilling. What are you drinking? I am drinking a pina colada. I went kind of fancy because I've been drinking for a minute. All right. Not what I was expecting. <laughs> I wish I had a waiter to give a tip to because, boy, this is a good pina colada. And that's right. We're going to be talking about tips. And, Nick, I got to say, tipping is a bit weird if you look at it as a whole planetary thing. Compared to the rest of the world, tipping is not normal. But before we get into modern society, we should give a little history of it. Tipping... Tipping didn't come around to the late Middle Ages, though tipping has been recorded going back all the way to ancient China. There has been historical evidence for this, but it wasn't until the Middle Ages where you had more merchants and more tradesmen able to have more money than just royalty. As a show of prominent, they would tip when they go to restaurants, bars, taverns, etc., etc. The tip was kind of a show-off. It was to show off and show their prominence. And that kind of continued. It kind of made people go, oh, well, he's rich. I should, do, I should do that to show that I'm rich. And that kept going. And that quickly spread throughout Europe. If I remember correctly, medieval ages for tipping, I think it started in southern Europe. I don't think it was a northern Europe thing, but it quickly became one. Quickly spreading throughout Europe and became normalized. All the way up to the colonial ages, tipping was quite a common practice to show a person's gratitude, to show a person's wealth, to simply kind of bribe someone. But America being America, we would have people travel to Europe, whether it be diplomats, rich people, just to see the, the old country, so to speak. And they tried bringing tipping over like oh check out what the french and italians are doing and us americans went hell no it's extremely unpatriotic extremely not free to force people to tip and give away extra money that they don't need to that's not democracy that's not capitalism but maybe unfortunately maybe not we'll go into that later america eventually adapted it but i want to prevalent this the way we adapted it or the way the rest of the world kept going with it, is under much debate. Surprise, surprise, people weren't recording on how tipping got started or how tipping spread. It was kind of such a odd social structure that no one paid note to it. And the most prominent one that I saw was after the slaves were free, after the Civil War in America, a lot of former plantation owners 
still had their former slaves working land, but now they had to, quote-unquote, pay them. So the loophole they were looking for that was to pay through tips. So not necessarily a salary, not necessarily a set rate. And through different segregations, other companies saw this. Nick, I think this is where you know a little bit more about the Pullman for the train stations. But it wasn't just a Southern practice. It was entire United States practice of using tips to pay people. You're like, oh, no, no, no. You're going to work this job for free. Don't worry. You'll make all your money on tips, which is still a thing that happens today and is much and is under much debate. Yeah. So tipping, we, it's weird because today we see it as a way of, you know, paying someone for their time as saying thanks. But originally it came as a way of screwing over people. And like like said, the history of tipping is it's kind of hard. There's depending on what search you look at, there's a lot of different stories out there, but of how it got here and who was one of the first. But it's been around for a while. And like you said, the Pullman train car company, they, you know, people go across the country in trains and you had people in the the cars that would provide meals, move baggage, all that kind of stuff. Well, the train car company figured out that they can make a lot of money if they didn't pay their employees. Surprise! Free labor, a.k.a. slaves, makes you save more money. So the people working there, working on the train car, the company made it known that they didn't get paid and had to be paid in tips. So they saved a lot of money by not having to pay salaries. And that way the people had to fend for themselves on the tips that they get and company didn't have to pay them, didn't have to do, not that I don't know how much health insurance and stuff they had, but it was kind of just, you know, they just got screwed over. They, and after that, it quickly spread to a lot of different businesses. And it seems like everyone wants to be, you know, tipped these days. There's, It started in train car attendance, and I saw some that I've never seen anyone do this, but some people say that you should tip your flight attendants. I've never seen anyone tip a flight attendant, but tipping's been a part of our country for a long time, and that's not true. Tipping's been a part of the world for historically small time, I guess, but for most of the modern history, the past couple hundred years at least. In America, we passed the minimum wage law, the Fair Labor and Standards Act in 1938, and that allowed states to set a lower wage for tipped workers. So say if minimum wage was five bucks, then an employee who's also paid in tips could be paid a wage of $2.13, and then the rest would be made up in tips. And then if it wasn't made up to, you know, if they didn't make enough in tips to hit the actual minimum wage, then the company would then have to pay to get the employee up to the minimum wage. And as you can imagine, I want to prevalent this because we'll talk about it later in the podcast. This caused a lot of book bending changing the books up because well you don't have to necessarily declare your tips you don't have to necessarily say oh no they got plenty of tips we don't have to pay a minimum wage but before we get too away from away from the civil war the pullman wasn't the only place doing it like nick said other places adapted it other places were doing it a big one in major cities in the north were like elevator controlmen once it elevators came around more in the 20th century like, this practice wasn't just a 1800s practice. It continued, and some would debate, is still continuing. And, in other words, with the bill being passed in the early 20th century, 
it's kind of now been recoined with the sub-minimal wage or similar salary, which is what I'll be calling it, Nick. I don't know if you're going to be calling the same thing. I just wanted to make sure we're on the same page. Nope, that works. So the sub-minimum wage has been, well, the min of minimum wage, like Nick said, the $2.13, which is still in practice for many places today here in the United States where I think the average American income is around 30000 and there are still people getting paid two thirteen an hour, which is, well, that wage is not definitely accounting for inflammation, that's for sure. But it wasn't until the 1990s where it was brought back to the table of new laws, new debates, and it kind of got changed to four dollars and 25 cents in 1966 but only in 17 states it wasn't a federal law like nick what nick was pointing out the earlier law in the 20th century it was a federal law the minimum wage for the 17 states at four dollars and 25 cents is more a state-by-state law and that kind of brings us into the 20th century and what uh, sorry the 21st century and what i would count as modern subminimal wage unless you have some more stuff on history nick i think we're all cut up on the the weird, covered-up, gray history of tipping because, God, it was hard to find the history of tipping. It really was. And, yeah, I just think it's crazy that tipping has, like, such a weird backstory. For the rest of the world, it started off as a show of that you're rich. You know, like, I got money. I can just throw away extra money. This meal cost two gold coins. I'm going to throw three. I'm just that rich. And then people in America were like, hmm, we can use this to save ourselves money instead of use more money to show that we're rich to save money so that we become more rich. So a real twisted uh, history of tipping, but I think it's also important to note in the 20th century and the rest of the world, tipping kind of died off. I think the heyday of it, of tipping in Europe, Asia, South America, was probably late 17th century, early 1800s. Now, that's kind of what I saw. I don't really have evidence to back that up. But for now, tipping isn't common in the rest of the world except for America. Yeah, in some places it's frowned upon, like to leave a tip as an insult. In Japan, it's a no-go. I did not know that. I'll be honest. I probably would have tipped in Japan unless you told me that. Luckily, it doesn't seem like Japan is on your travel list in coming up, so I don't think I really saved you that much. <laughs> in the near future. <laughs> but tipping. A lot of people survive off tipping. As, I mean, as now, millions upon millions of people live off tips. I mean, it, it it's a scary number, and... The need to tip has been so ingrained into our society that we think it's normal to tip. I don't know if this is getting kind of off topic, but to me, Nick, tipping, well, I'm going to save that later for the podcast, later in the podcast. But right now, there are about 6 million people in the United States that work for tips as of 2021. That's a lot of people that are solely surviving off tips. And I, well, here's a tip for you, Nick. (laughs) Get it? Uh, if you want to have a good quality of life, working for tips is kind of a risky gamble. Now, don't get me wrong. I came across interesting stories where 
people are making sixty thousand to one hundred twenty thousand a year, but they are they're the outliers. The average light, the average living wages that tippers, people who work for tips get, is not very high, and the their income is very low. Would you agree with that, Nick? Yeah, yeah, seems right. And like we mentioned with books, in 2018, $42.8 million of back wages for over 41,000 different employees were paid because of they didn't, they didn't get the tips or the minimum wage they were promised. Like Nick mentioned, you don't make your min wage with tips. The, the company's supposed to pay you back. Well, it's a cash business usually with tips, so it's easy to hide the information and fudge the books and 42 million dollars is a lot of money especially when it's only like like six million people for that are working for tips in the united states it just makes me think of how many more people are getting screwed over well it's it's basically incentivizing each of those people to distrust the other one right because the restaurant owner needs to know how much tips the other person's their way their workers are getting right but if the other person discloses all their tips then they have to pay the taxes on those tips but if you only disclose a portion of it you don't only have to pay on that so there's an incentive for the servers or whoever's receiving the tips to under report and an incentive for the restaurant owner or whatever business owner to i guess report an accurate number or an over number so they don't have to make up the difference so it just seems like right away those two people are working against each other. I don't know why, but it reminds me of like the proverb or story of where you have 10 people in a village and one person's a liar and it just destroys the village. Like you just need one person to be dishonest in the situation and the entire thing crumbles. It's it's almost like a house of cards, if I would say so, Nick. Yeah, and it, I don't know if this is the sole factor. I'm sure there's a lot of other factors, but the restaurant industry has a pretty high turnover. Oh, yes. Uh, the changing of jobs, the switching to different careers that are in the same field. Like the amount of time when researching this that I saw people who would go from bartending to taxi drivers to uh, waiters and waitresses was amazing. It was almost like uh, interchangeable positions, where, but it's all heavily tip-based. Though I don't know, do taxis even exist anymore? I'll be honest. Oh, uh, they do. We have them here in Oregon because the state wants them to insure for higher than Uber wants to pay insurance. So we only have Uber in like certain counties that are allowing to do it. So we have a taxi service in town. That is really weird. It is really weird. It'd be sweet if we had Uber or Lyft, whatever, anything. <laughs> anything besides a taxi system. But... I also want to point this out more than majority of the time when you are working for subminimum wage, the 213, the 425, those positions usually don't offer paid vacation, health insurance, sick leave. It's it's just outright, outright even rare in just the restaurant industry, let alone just tipping industries. And for minimum wage, the current minimum wage in the United States, it's not exactly common, but it's still more prevalent by far than in restaurants. 
And Nick, it is ama- it is amazing how f- that turn door of a door that they have for waiters waitresses, like how quickly people come and go as for serving. It, it's and I can't even imagine how COVID's affect that. Yeah. Well, I mean, I feel like most people knew this. I mean, most people know someone who worked in the service industry and it's usually if you had one job in the service industry, you had a few. You worked you didn't just work at one restaurant, you worked at a few. Uh, at least the people I know. So I feel like that's fairly common. And it's it's kind of like being a vegan, you know, people in the service industry have to tell you about it. <laughs> and then the, they make you not make you not kind of they always like you you have to tip you don't know what these people go through on a day-to-day basis it's like all right cool <laughs> you don't know what i go through on a day-to-day basis <laughs> it is interesting this might be kind of skipping around but when i worked as a cashier i don't really know other way to say that we weren't allowed to take tips like um because I wasn't working just cashiers, I was kind of working sales. We weren't allowed to take tips. We had were forced to decline taking tips, which kind of sucked. Because I would have made a lot of money. Because I can put on a big smile and be happy even when I'm not, which is really weird. But granted, I wasn't getting paid subminimum wage, so there is that. Yeah, and I mean, don't get me wrong. I like getting tips. I worked for a company, and we'd help people load heavy shit into their trailers and cars and stuff and occasionally we'd get tips not very often it wasn't expected but it was nice extra money a little extra money never hurt but i wasn't relying on tips so didn't have to report them so nick you like just the tip i like the whole thing (laughs) i'm sorry i'm I'm such a such a little kid but you know what's surprising when researching this nick do you know what the age demographic is for the best tippers are uh millennials are the best tippers damn straight 25 to 34 year olds are the best tippers in the united states i would have guessed it would have been 40 plus year old but apparently senior citizens are the skimpiest when it comes to tipping which is kind of weird because i always associate young people with being assholes yeah it's weird because young uh the other thing i came across too is that young people are known for being bad tippers now i did see gen z they tip about 18 percent, which is the same as gen x um so i don't know if gen z's dragging us down i don't know but i can tell you that for millennials it's usually about 20 to 22 percent you know what else was interesting about that do you know what age group has the biggest aversion to tipping senior citizens no millennials really yep said uh is it like a gallup poll or, or something or any but i have it right here um millennials have the largest aversion to tipping and they asked if uh, they'd be more willing to pay for pay more for meals if tipping were abolished millennials were the most likely to say yes i mean i'm on that boat but that's very surprising to me and since we're talking about i think it is because like we were talking about it i think a lot of us know someone who served and it's always this like when i say served i mean served in the restaurant industry who served food someone who served food and they always make this whole thing about tipping and it's like to me 
like you it's like it went from you know you a standard tip is like what 16 percent now it's like your standard is supposed to be 20 and you have to tip more and everyone's always like you have to tip don't like i hate people who don't tip and so i think it's this thing it's like tipping is expected of us even if we don't like the service and so we just think it's all kind of bullshit you know you know it's weird too um a study done in 2018 the amount of people that you need to tip in like the world like uh, just like your everyday life not just waiters and waitresses has increased from two years earlier from that so it keeps increasing the amount of people you need to tip it keeps increasing the amount of people who work for tips or it's custom to tip them one that I make no sense to me is service people in bathrooms. I I can I can I can grab my own towel. I don't need a person to do that for me. I don't I don't understand why there's a person paid to stand in the bathroom and hand out mint scum and it, it that's confusing as hell to me. Yeah, that's if we could just do away with that whole thing, that'd be fine. I think the tipping is getting out of hand. I, like you said, there's so many people you have to tip like. If you're going going on a trip or something, you stay in a hotel and you take a shuttle to the airport, you got to tip your driver and then you got to tip them, you know, you feel obligated if they lift your bag out of the car. It's like, man, I could do that. Like, I'd rather do that and keep the two bucks, you know, and then, yeah, it's just, it's like everyone like gives you that look like they're expecting a tip and it's like, man, you drove me for five minutes and I picked up my own bag like here you go never gonna see you again what are you gonna do it is weird too how many apps that you use for people force you to tip like you have to choose five ten twenty percent or other like it doesn't allow you to do zero or maybe it does it zero if you hit other and stuff like that but they make it kind of harder to do because well a lot of those people are working for tips but you know it's weird nick could you take a guess if the if you were to divide the United States into four parts, the North, the South, the East, and the West, who would you think are the best tippers and worst tippers? That's like a weird way to divide up the country, right. but Midwest, I'm going to say... <laughs> East Coast, West Coast, the South. Okay, I'm going to go with Midwest best tippers, West worst tippers, no, East worst tippers, and South okay. I don't know. What's the, what's the ranking? So this is another predicament like the hemp episode we did. We should go check out Backyard Philosophy where they're skewing the data to help promote whatever side that they're on. So statistically, West Coast tippers are the worst tippers. But West Coast have the tendency to have minimal wage instead of subminimal wage. So there's less people to tip and it's less common. East Coast has more subtypical workers, so they have to tip more and it's more common to tip. The Midwest is, depending on where you are, always first or second. It tends to be the Midwest or South tend to be the best tippers. East Coast tend to be the most common tippers, which kind of explains why they're not always the best tippers because like, they do it so often. So it kind of how you turn the story is how good of tippers people are. But to me, Nick, the Midwest and South just kind of makes sense to me. Midwest, the friendly people. South, the hospitality. 
And also, I feel like there's a lot more poor people in the Midwest and South, so we understand working for tips. We understand a little few bucks here and there can actually really help. Yeah. that So uh, we're talking about appropriate tips by income that the basically, uh, what's it called? If you make between thirty to 74000 you're more likely to tip like 15%. But if you, and then, you know, if you make less than that, you're still most likely to tip 15%, but, or lower. When you make 75,000, you're more likely to tip 20% or more. So it also separated a little bit by income of the more, I mean, this isn't surprise anyone, the more money you make, the bigger tips you leave. So it could be, I mean, where's most, most of the wealth at? I guess most of the wealth would probably be in New York and California, which were some New York and not Texas. the best tipping areas. Okay. Of course, you had to bring Texas into this, but New York, Texas, California? Uh, don't know about California anymore. It's kind of a mass exodus, but New York has the number one mountain billionaires, followed by Dallas-Fort Worth area. So it's... Uh, those are the two biggest billionaire cities in the world. So I imagine there's those people are probably leaving the bigger tips. But what's funny is once you get into the 75,000 or more, 49% of that bracket was likely to leave a 20% tip or more, but then it drops substantially. So no one, very few in that bracket would leave a 16 to 19% tip, and then very few would leave a less than 15 Whereas compared to, I guess, yeah, it's about the same. I, I do have a question, though. Is it people do 20 and 15% more just like on average than like 16, 17% simply because a lot of people are bad at math and don't want to do the percentages in between? I mean, because there are entire apps dedicated to calculating what tips should I give this person? Because I don't know about yeah. you, Nick, but when I was a kid, I was taught move the decimal over once and times it by two. Yep. Yeah, I use my phone because I'm not good at math. But uh, so the same as Gallup poll, uh, generally speaking, what is what percent of a restaurant bill do you think is an appropriate tip? 20% tip, 34% of people said is an appropriate tip, and 15%, 37% is an appropriate tip compared to 15% said less than 15, only 2% said more than 20, and 16 to 19 was also 6%. So... Basically, your 15 and your 20, those are your two big numbers of any anything that gets broken down. It's somewhere along those two lines. That's where people are at. And I think we're moving up because right in the past wasn't like 15% or 10% was the standard. 15% was a good tip. Now 15% is kind of the standard and that 20% was a good tip. But I feel like we're in the gray area where 20% is what people expect now and over that is a good tip. Oh, yes. I completely remember being 18% is a good tip. If you want to leave someone a good tip, 18%. If you want to leave something because it was eh service, you leave 10%. And if it was average, you left 15 That's what I remember as a kid. But nowadays, it's 20%. And it's, it is interesting to me, too, also the type of restaurant, because I don't expect you to know this, Nick, but I imagine that percentage heavily changes whether... If you have to make a reserve for the restaurant, I imagine the tips are much larger percentage compared to like a, like an IHOP. Sorry, IHOP, don't mean to pick on you, but 
I mean, it, it's depending on the restaurant, I imagine, has to heavily affect. Like, if I went to, like, a truck diner stop where it's, like, five bucks for a meal, I'm probably going to tip more because I know the person's probably unwealthy. But if it's, like, an average restaurant where it's, like, a like a steakhouse, I'm probably going to try to tip averagely. But if it's a nice restaurant, like I could take a date out to like a like a suit and tie restaurant, I'm probably gonna tip closer to thirty percent, depending on because usually those services to me have always been highly sought after. Like they go always above and beyond. Yeah, and it's funny that you talk about tipping in relation to the place that you're at because I found that tipping really wasn't related to the service as much as it was other factors like you're talking about the experience the location that kind of stuff yeah i completely agree i would say there's maybe a handful if that of servers who've actually like gone above and beyond like it actually wowed me uh, usually like a server's like oh that person was nice and then five minutes later completely forget they even exist to be actually the grand titan of a server is very hard to do and uh, i i would say they're far and few in between yeah and so it's kind of weird that this whole i mean everyone when everyone thinks of tipping we think about the service and how good was the service but very little times it comes into effect most of the time we're going to tip in relation to like you said where are we at what's kind of the area occasionally the service will come into it if it's really good or really bad but for the most part, service doesn't really play a part. And we think of tipping as a way to get service, like to get good service, guarantee that we get our food on time, stuff like that is like some an incentive program. But if we don't pay based on the fact that it's an incentive program, if we just pay based on something else, we're really not providing an incentive. Yeah, it's almost like foul tipping. Huh. Get it, Nick? get it <laughs> uh unfortunately yeah i am also curious too at the restaurant industry because if i see the bus boy coming i'll leave a tip so i'm I, i'm very curious on how the tips are divided like do they actually pull together do people just keep it for themselves is there greed involved selfishness involved because there's again a lot of money's getting all thrown around a lot of people are changing how much they're actually making how much their employees are making i kind of feel much better tipping a person cleaning tables than I do a waiter or waitress because you interact with the waiter or waitress. You never interact with the bus boy. Does that make sense to you or is that just me being crazy? No, I think that's reasonable. And the sharing tips and when you tip, where does it go? That's, that's uh, like it depends on the restaurant. It's very controversial. Some places share, some places don't people get in fights it's a good time um but yeah no i, I think that's you know most people want to tip like the bus boy because the bus boys and the, the kitchen staff never get tips and sometimes get paid like the tip amount so they have to share they'll get like a portion of the tips or something but yeah i think that's pretty fair i mean it's who's working harder right i mean that's kind of how you're looking at it of is the guy in the back in the hot kitchen working as hard as the person bringing your food. I, I mean, I know which one I'd rather do. 
and I hate people. But... <laughs> you meet me too. I like to say the same thing. I I'm always a sucker for the unsung hero, and uh, by no means are people in the restaurant industry heroes. But let's be honest: being on your feet all day, taking people's customers' orders, it's not fun. It's not a fun job. But being in a hot kitchen, cooking lots of food really rapidly, people yelling, screaming might get burned it's almost like hazard pay almost but yet you not speaking the same language oh god yeah that's that's always fun when you have a creation and a mexican next to you and you're trying to speak spanish and creation at the same time trying to figure out what order they need that's a fun fucking time but yeah it's um yeah i i the service people have always been up front the people the hoster the hostess the bartender the bartenders the blah 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 they're always up front they're the people person i imagine they make far more tips like at a bar you always see the bartender getting tipped but you don't see the guy carrying the kegs up the stairs to get it to fresh up the beer or the bouncer i doubt a bouncer's ever gotten a tip ever in history where they're you know having to deal with drunk assholes on a nightly basis that's that's gotta suck and i guarantee you like they're not getting tipped for that job and i would be very surprised if they get paid more than the bartender and the bartender is making a lot of money on tips it's just i don't know i always feel i always have a soft spot for the unsung hero yep which is why some restaurants have chosen to not do tipping at all just go away from tipping and just have a higher price for food on the menu and that's the initial higher price that you pay, don't have to worry about tipping, and that gets distributed equally to all the employees instead of one type of employee receiving all the tips. Which makes, which makes so much more sense to me. Actually, uh, some speaking of the East Coast being more tippers, some things are changing. Granted, this was met with a lot of controversy. Nick, I don't know if you came across the... Uh, intuitive 77 in dc i don't know if you came across that i don't know specifically but go ahead this is a let you know this is a bill in the northeast that was passed i believe and it kind of changed the local subminimum wage and by 2026 it has to increase and it was amazing on how many people fought it now granted the restaurant business isn't exactly a rich man's business. It's kind of hard to become successful in that, and a lot of restaurants are, well, they wouldn't survive if they had to pay their employees full minimum wage, which is weird to think about. So a lot of people are fighting that, and there are more bills being added to the table of changing that. And I thought that was very interesting that within the next five years, Nick, more bills are going to be added to the table, which completely change the tipping industry yeah and it's like we mentioned previously the 213 minimum wage in 1938 sub-minimum wage has never been adjusted for inflation cost of living or anything so at the time is much higher it's essentially only gotten down because of inflation 213 in 1938 was a lot more than 213 today yeah i would say so nick i don't even I'm trying to think what I could even buy. I don't think 213 would even buy me a gallon of gas nowadays. If you can't buy you a gallon of gas in Texas, you don't even want to know how much gas it'll get you over here. Oh, God. I don't I don't want a teaspoon of gas. God. 
Yeah, 213 is just, I don't know how that bill was written where it wasn't allowed for to change, to grow with the times. It seems very weird to me. But before we get too far away from the bartenders. Wait a minute. Government being out of touch? <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, Nick, what if I were to tell you that uh, the tipping industry is a little bit racist and probably sexist? I'd say you're right, but it's an odd, odd in the way you think. It's not the way you think. I don't know. For some reason, I just thought tipping would be equal across the boards, but apparently I'm wrong. So in America, it is far, I think it's 30% if you're a person of color to get the same tip as a person as white, which is weird. And women make far more money in tips than men do. And I'll get to that in a second. But I mean, that's not surprising. I, well, it's not surprising in a minute, but I want to explain because I want to talk about boobies. Uh, <laughs> but it's also, unfortunately, as I just said that comment, women are far more sexually harassed or get asked to do strange things for tips. It's uh, kind of disgusting, but it is. It does happen quite often. But for women making more tips, well, uh, whether we live in the 21st century or the 50s, apparently it's men like hot girls. And if a girl, it, the, the psychology of it, of, again, you can check out our sources on YouTube. But <laughs> Look at us bringing you breaking news. <laughs> using your physical attractiveness or some cues on the dumb human male brain you're able to get a lot more in tips so like the psychology of manipulating your people you're serving is a whole science of how to get more tips like you've probably seen the memes or pictures of apple versus android tip which one you like better like that actually works or a person wearing a more low-cut shirt who can't well actually work a person who like touches you on your shoulder you're like you have a chance of getting a like a five percent increase in your tip like it's there's a whole science and not i saw that too but i was like man that's weird to me i don't want some random person to touch me but i saw that multiple times that that was true like if if the server touches you they'll get a larger tip that's probably at hooters let's be honest here (laughs) (laughs) that'd be hilarious we did this study at hooters and we found out the more the women touch the the men the higher they tip that is not even the dumbest scientific article i would have read (laughs) that's that's probably what actually happened which is the sad part but i'm with you nick uh i like machines and animals humans humans aren't really that close to that top that list so uh just uh leave me alone pretty much is just give me my food make sure my water is already full and uh leave me alone that's that's pretty much how i like to be at restaurants so if someone touching my shoulder and being like extra talkative it's like i got food in my mouth leave me alone so i that's to me annoying but i guess to everyone else in the world nick people like being touched while they get while they eat their food yeah i don't get that one yeah but it, it is amazing on the psychology of tipping because I don't know about you, Nick, but to me, I feel like I should only tip if the person 
went above and beyond. Like, if they put in a hard day's work and, like, I've had to, I've worked construction, I've had to work with, like, you know, painters. And I've seen painters that have to come into whatever facility we're working on and just spend the extra hour getting every detail, every prep right. And I would see my boss tip them a little extra because they do good quality work. And to me, that makes sense for tipping. But, like, I don't know, you're serving me coffee, why do I have to tip you? It doesn't, that, that seems so foreign to me. Yeah, and I think that's what tipping, it's gotten out of control, right? Like we said, there's so many people to tip. You know, like if you stay in a hotel, you're supposed to tip the people who clean your room, the people who bring your bags up. If you can't carry your bags up by yourself for whatever reason, the people who check in, the people who drive you to the hotel, it's like it just never ends. And if you go out to eat, you're supposed to tip that person. If you ask the person where to eat, you're supposed to tip them. It's like... And then you you have to tip your Uber there. It's like it's it's when tipping is expected, it's not a tip. It's just another tax. And if tipping is like what you're saying of, wow, you really did a good job. Here's some extra money. Thanks for the quality of work. That makes sense to me. But I feel like right now in the United States, tipping is another tax. If it's expected, it's not a tip, right? Like like we're saying the expected tip is 16%. So if you're expecting 16%, that's that's a tax. You know, when waiters complain that they didn't get any tip or something, well, I mean, yeah, most people, you're, what, supposed to tip. But if you're supposed to tip, again, that's not a tip. So I, I see, I would like to go back to that. I hate how you're expected to tip like 20%. And if you don't tip, everyone's like, dude, you have to tip. Like, it's rude. You know? It's like, well, the service was shit. What are you going to do? Yeah, no taxation without equal representation. There's no representation of, hey, we should just pay people just to do their job and not have to tip above on that, too. Like, an example for this is my grandmother. She hired someone to cut her grass because you can't cut her own grass. But this person didn't just cut the grass. He also pruned the trees, he pulled the weeds, and he didn't expect a tip. He just did it all for the same price of cutting the grass. And, I'm, and she's, she tipped him heavily. I mean, when you did far more yard work than you were previously asked or paid to do, and you did you know good work and made her life easier, yeah, that's when you should tip. But like the whole society structure, the society bias, the society basis of leaving a tip it's it's not right it, it a tip is a bonus and you're making it not a bonus you're like you said i think that's a perfect representation it, it's an extra tax so not only are you getting taxed whatever you purchased on you're getting taxed again by guilt by society pressure I, i'm not quite sure the right category for that peer pressure I guess society norm? I, I'm not sure. But before we get too far away from it, I do want to point out, I understand a lot of businesses would not survive if they had to pay minimal wage. If the subminimal wage allows people them to hire more people, to have qualities, the quote-unquote quality service. I understand that, but it seems like it's a duct tape fix to a broken system. Would you agree with that, Nick? Yeah, and... What I would like to see 
is like, uh, you know, like if you go on Yelp and it just, it's like one of those things, it's like, you know, dine, like where they have the, those options that everyone looks for, like, do they serve alcohol here? Can you sit outside? Is this a tipping or is tipping built into the menu so you can just look and and know? Because, and this is one of the things with the no tipping, at least for restaurants, the price of their food is higher. Now, that's not true. The price of their food is the same. The cost of your meal stays the same, but the price on the menu is higher because the tip is built in. So when someone just looks at the menu, they're less likely to go to that restaurant. When you go to the one next door, the prices are a few bucks cheaper. Well, that's the price of your tip. And so the these companies need a way to be able to advertise that the tip is built in. And so they're serving the same price, right? It's just that we look and say, oh, like a $12 burger, we're not counting the 20% tip millennials are probably going to pay. So they need a way to be able to get that information out there. Now, I don't know how you do that without someone helping you. Or, yeah, and then if you do raise prices, then you face the risk of having less people come to the restaurant because prices are higher. There's a certain amount that people can afford to spend on food and Uh, If it gets too expensive, they can't go out to eat. So this is a, it's not a win-win situation. It's, it's kind of like a lose-lose situation. We can continue with the current shitty broken system we have, or we can try and change and a bunch of restaurants might go out of business. I mean, we don't know. (laughs) I mean, so many restaurants are out of business now. I mean, what's the worst of... Yeah, no, no time like the present, you know? No, I, I... Agree, it's a broken system, and you might as well, if it's already broken, might as well break it all the way and try to actually fix it. Sometimes you got to start from the ground up, and unfortunately, to make an omelet, you got to crack a few eggs, and it would suck for a lot of people. And to answer your question, Nick, on how we integrate that, I just say we, you know, we make it like, you know, how by law you have to show what ingredients are in it so people with allergies can know what's inside your food. Just put it at the top if it's a non-tipping restaurant or a tipping restaurant and here's the thing if people are dumb and don't actually read they'll actually tip so the business will make more money if they're smart and they actually read they go oh okay i don't have to tip here so the people who actually read would benefit from it and i think those people should always get more benefit the people who take the time to actually read or figure out what's going on yeah and Here's the other thing, too. So you have a no-tipping restaurant. And what happens, like, when you tip? Essentially, you just raise the price for everything, right? Like, you know, now, hopefully, in an ideal world, at the no-tipping restaurants, you only tip if it's, like, exceptional service, kind of like what we were talking about of going above and beyond. But I feel like it's going to be the servers will be paid a higher minimum wage and eventually we might start expecting a tip again unless there's like some big social movement against tipping because like we said uh tipping does have a weird history and so it might be the next thing to get canceled i don't know well i do think it actually is kind of moving forward towards canceling especially with ai automation in like different countries like japan that have robotic servers it's a job that's getting replaced by automation, so you don't necessarily need to tip a robot. Yeah, that's very true. That There's no reason to uh, 
So you're just building on the menu. And Nick, since we're still talking about modern tipping before we get into robots, tipping at bars or not just bars, but low price items. I don't understand why that's a norm to tip at a low price item. If something costs $4, I don't think I should have to tip. Now, granted, what I normally do when I go to the bars is my first round of drinks, I tip very high, and then I make sure the bartender sees it so when they see me come back, they come and serve me first because they think I tip high always. Granted, it's kind of a dirty trick, but it's effective. But, Nick, what's your opinion on when something costs low, like under $10, do you tip? Like, to me, it doesn't make sense to tip when something's that low. I'd only tip in that scenario if I know the f- food is going to be really good so like i hate tipping for like if i'm going to go get like a one drink or something at a bar it's like 950 i'll slide across the buck but it almost feels more of an insult to tip one buck you know it's like a dollar i i know it's like a dollar drink is standard but it's almost like i don't know maybe it's just me i'm like man that's such a like a ripoff but uh yeah, I mean, everyone knows you tip well at your, your favorite bar. That's just the way it is. But so if I'm going, like, there's this taco place by me, and it's in, like, kind of a convenience store. It's, like, it's kind of sketchy just because you don't think it's in a place that's going to have great tacos. And they have, like, that keypad thing where it has, like, the tips on it. And I'll tip, like, the 10% or whatever, like, the minimum just because I know that, there's a lot of weird people in our area and these people have to deal with them and their food is really good. So I feel bad just of like the people they have to deal with on a daily basis. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to get into it, but so for that kind of stuff, like, and again, I can't stress how good these tacos are. Yeah. I'll tip extra there. Cause I know it's really good. But if I'm going like, I'm going to grab like, you know, a coffee or something for my wife and I run into the store for with like five bucks and they make me a coffee and they're like, okay. And they're looking at me for a tip. I'm like, no, not, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't care. I'll be honest. I'm completely biased. I always tip heavy at my favorite restaurants or I tip at a restaurant that I, and I might not go to often, but I want to make sure they never go out of business. I know my extra like few bucks is not going to help really at all, but it's like just my subconscious goes, okay. I'm adding more money to their table because, one, I don't want this to go away because their food's really, really good, and I don't want them to disappear. Oh, yeah. Well, and I know we don't really talk about it, but I think during, not that we're avoiding it, but tipping during COVID, I tip way more during COVID than I ever have. We went to a restaurant like right at the very beginning, like right before the two-week lockdown, and uh, I think we tipped like... 50 percent or something like it was insane i've never tipped that much like some restaurant by us and then i'd tip for like when we're doing takeout or something we left like a good tip or pick up and shit like we don't even normally i would never tip if i'm coming to a restaurant and picking up the food but i think right now everyone's tipping a lot and i didn't really come across anything to say that tipping was up but i i feel like it is so i'll be honest with you i've been kind of doing the opposite so once the lockdowns happened i tipped high because i felt like oh i'll help out people the businesses make sure they last through but because so many different companies and so many different industries are 
pretty much forcing me to tip. It's making me tip lower because I know I have to tip this person, this person, this person, this person. So my normal 20% tip quickly diminished to like 5% because, well, I got to trip the driver. I got to trip the the restaurant. I got to tip blah. I got to tip Z. I got to tip everything. And it, it just makes me want to tip less money. And when I can, tip not at all because it's almost like trying to trying to squeeze blood from stone. But so that it's, just it's might a be tax me. you can choose not to pay. What? It's a tax that you can finally choose not to pay. Oh, that's I can choose where my taxes go. It's quite nice. Uh, which is like it's like what every country should do. You should have your choose where your taxes go. But that's another story for another time. But I would I, I just I, you mentioned Nick that you don't tip for five bucks, but you tip for like your taco joint. Is the taco joint more cheap food? Because I don't think Yeah, it's pe- like five bucks for like two tacos. So that sounds heavenly because it sounds like I'd order like 30 tacos. Uh, but I, I, I guess I kind of get that. I guess also, too, I, I imagine subconsciously, and I imagine this is, this is a statistic I'm pulling over my ass, but I imagine the majority of the people prefer to tip mom and pop shops compared to big industries. Like, not to ch- pick on anyone, but like, say, uh, Outback Steakhouse. I imagine tips there are less than tips at a mom and pop place Uh, what's your opinion on that i feel like that's pretty true i know we don't really have too many uh chain restaurants out here besides your normal like mcdonald's and dairy queen but yeah i think we have a lot of we when we when we eat it's usually just because we don't have like chain restaurants because we live in a somewhat small town that Every restaurant's kind of like a mom and pop restaurant, so we'll tip more just because they're your neighbors. And, and pretty it's much. yeah, they're your neighbors, and it's. I guess I wonder if that's a part of it too. Like on Facebook, like during COVID, our whole county was like, there's we have like a county-ish Facebook page, I guess, that everyone posts everything to, for like what's happening in the county, and all the restaurants would be like, okay, like guys, like we need help or something. Like this is what we're doing like come blah 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 and everyone would come and like help them out so it was more like a community act than like i don't know then then maybe then like you're saying like a chain restaurant where if someone's like come help support your local mcdonald's you're like all right guy fuck off (laughs) (laughs) i I don't care my local mcdonald's is going to be fine yeah yeah and hell even if they're not fine that local area they die they might leave room for a mom and pop shop to pop up just saying it's i don't know it's just i don't know about you nick but when researching this it made me think on how i tip and who i tip and why i tip it's i completely agree with your statement where you don't really tip on the service you kind of tip on the atmosphere or like the the society basis and it also makes me realize that the different situations on how you're supposed to tip like some tips now in the digital age are solely on your phone with cash apps but some tips you have to do cash only still it's just weird how this entire art structure this entire skill set of the right way to tip so i'm just gonna read real quick for you mike you might enjoy this there's eight factors that are shown to influence the participants tipping habits Type of restaurant, 
like you said, cleanliness of restaurant, atmosphere of restaurant, friendliness of the server, server gender, quality of service, quality of food, and size of bill. These factors account for 80% of the tipping decisions for almost half of the study participants. Basically, just like the restaurant and the atmosphere and the food account for most of the tipping decisions. Like, the, the service really isn't in there. I mean, you had the friendliness of the server, but that was about it. I don't know. It's just, if our decision is made up before we get the service, we're not tipping on the service, I guess is the point. Hence why we should just switch to robots. It's just, it. we don't have to deal with human beings. They'll never mess up our order, and we don't have to tip them. It seems like a win-win to me, Nick. Yeah, that's true. It and, would be, I mean, places are doing it already. And here's a tip for you, Nick. It would make probably food tastes even better but that's a whole another conversation for another time having robots cook your food but just a little tip for you nick yep we knew this was coming why <laughs> you don't like my uh my little tongue-in-cheek puns what that is ridiculous i am a huge fan and i have told you that every chance i get <laughs> oh well, here's a tip, ladies and gentlemen. You should definitely send all your puns to Nick. I'll edit this one. Uh. <laughs> no, uh, no. Uh, but out of curiosity, Nick, what's the weirdest? This, this is a kind of an odd question, kind of out of left field. But what's the weirdest situation you've had to tip? I think we tipped. I think we tipped our like wedding planner what? and our pilots. All right, the pilot makes sense to me for some reason, but the wedding planner? Yeah, I think so. Grant, are we, yeah, that was probably the weirdest one I've tipped. But it's more of just like the every single one person who expects a tip for like mediocre service. That's like, like the wedding planner, she did a great job. So I didn't, I didn't mind tipping her, but it was more like, I'm, I'm more upset at like the people who it's like, bring like your food late and it's cold and then they're just like looking at you all pissed off like where's my tip it's like what do you mean like this this is like some of the worst service i've ever received i'm not i'm not going to give you a tip i mean in in that case like i even feel obligated to give like a 10 percent tip but it's just like they're still upset and it's like why why though I can make you cringe. You know what my uh, worst tipping story was? Is I do not. Let I was know. either in Detroit or Minneapolis, and I was in a parking garage, and it was one of those tendons where you give your uh, your stub so you can get out, and uh, they just lift up the gate for you. And they were waiting for a tip first before they lift the gate to let me out. And it was like a long 30 seconds before he realized that I'm not going to tip him for pushing a button to open a door to let me out. That was, literally seems like a tax. I was like, no, I already paid the $10 to stay here for like eight hours. Let me go. And it was just like an awkward pause of us just staring at each other. No one was saying a thing. And he was just like waiting. Like I, I felt like his hand was ready to reach out for money if i like when i gave if i was going to give it to him but i'm like i'm not i'm not giving you a couple bucks for literally pressing a red button 
which is your job that you're getting paid for. Yeah. No, that's a, that, that's, that's a tax. If you, if you can't use, if you can't use a road without paying for it, that's literally a tax. (laughs) You've already paid for the service. You've already paid for the, for getting in and out. But if you can't pay this additional guy, I mean, that's almost like bribery. It, it, it really felt like I was getting muscled real, real quickly. It was, it was really annoying. And something that I found kind of interesting, and we might touch Ooh, on a different. I got one more good one. Oh, you got we were good in, one? We were in Ohio, and the place we were going, you had to valet your car. And so even though there was, like, parking, it was like you had to valet. And so it's like you, it's like you don't want to tip because you could have just parked your car this other place for cheaper, but you have to do the valet. And so then you have to tip the valet after you pay for the valet. It's like, oh, you fuckers. I, I'll be honest. There was a date I went on once. It was an expensive date. I was in high school or early ages college, so I didn't have exactly a lot of money at the time. And a major concern for me was, do I will I have enough money to tip the valet when this date is over? That was like an actual major concern for me, which doesn't seem right. But... Something that also seems kind of weird, but it kind of makes sense for tipping is strippers. It kind of makes sense that majority of their money comes from tipping, not from salary based. Because I, I'll be honest, I am not in stewed in strippers, so I don't know how their revenue system works. But I imagine tips are a large involvement in their revenue source. Yeah, well, for, to get around most of the legal code, I think most of the tipper, most of the strippers are uh, like models or artists, and so you pay them per. I said artists, Mike. <laughs> I'm not sure if you understood that. Um, you are the so expert in it, so I mean, I'll bow to that knowledge. It's all to get around like the legal code, except in Nevada, where anything goes because it's Nevada, except inside Las Vegas city limits and reno city limits um but other than that yeah but that seems more like that's just like the way it is i don't know i don't know if that would work salary that business model yeah i think that one we just leave as tips being the major business because it's you get i guess in a way is thinking you get tips on how good you are at your job aka how hot you are and how x amount you dance not quite sure how to to phrase that but uh yeah um tipping doesn't that industry i don't think should ever change or i don't think it can change but like the restaurant industry the bartending industry i think that could all easily change with 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 tipping well yeah i mean the restaurant industry your your service is built in now, unless they wanted to go to like a per hour where you go into the strip club and you pay X amount and you get to spend however many hours in there. And then if you purchase a dance, that's X amount of dollars more Then I could kind of see that. But I think the but I think just like if you look at movies and just American culture, strip clubs are just such a part of and, and throwing a dollar on the stage is just such a part of, I mean, American culture. Like you see it in movie after movie after movie that to get rid of it would people would be genuinely pissed off. I'll be honest. I agree with you, but it also is very weird to me that 
throwing your money at a stripper or putting it in their speedos or panties, they would be angry if we stopped doing that. I guess that comes back to the tipping and touch, Nick. I guess people who get touched more tip more. So I guess vice versa. The more you So we thought it was at a Hooters, but it was actually <laughs> at a strip club. That is the best scientific survey ever. But maybe people just crave the, human uh, touch. The, the bada bing. Is that the one from Sopranos? But I guess people crave human touch so much that they're willing to pay extra to do it. Yeah. I, I mean, that's kind of the point of strip clubs, right? Yeah. You're asking I'm the wrong person. Somewhere? Strip, strip clubs don't make sense to me. It seems like you're paying a lot of money to get teased. But moving away from strip clubs, where do you think the future of tipping is going? Ideally, <laughs> I'd like to see it go away. Um and I'd like to see it revert back to like what you were talking about. Of if someone goes above and beyond, here you go. You know, like at the end of uh, my planting season, after working with my guys all year, I'll buy them a case of beer if they do a good job as a, as a thank you. I'll be like, hey, you you did a good job, which made my life a little bit easier. Enjoy this case of beer. It's kind of a tip. Now, I it's not. I don't pay them personally. The company pays them. And then I bought the case of beer with my own money because I can't use my company card to purchase cases of beer, even though we live in America. But um, so, yeah, you, for when you go above and beyond, I see that. But I really I can't I don't see tipping going away. Realistically, it just doesn't seem like it will. Now, some people think it will go away with raising the $15 an hour minimum wage. You're also going to raise a subminimum wage. And they think it'll be cheaper for restaurant owners to pay their staff the minimum wage as opposed to the sub-minimum, the new sub-minimum. So that could be a change. It just feels like it's been here so long, it's going to be hard to get rid of it. And even if we do, I feel like it'll be hard to get rid of the notion that we have to tip all the time. I think even if we get rid of tipping at restaurants, it'll still be common to leave like some sort of tip even if the tip is already included in the meal price. Yeah, I I, I think it's going to take about 30 years, right? If Say by 2025, we switch over to a more higher cost of objects, but less tipping. I think it'll take 30 years for the mindset of the American people to stop tipping because I don't think tip, tipping to me doesn't make sense. I think for once, the rest of the world doesn't have it right. Because I'll be honest, Nick, tipping seems non-democratic. Like like you said, I think that it's perfect. I, I really like you saying it's an extra tax because that's what it is. It's literally an extra tax. And I, I really hope it changes, but I don't think it's going to change in this century unless automation takes it over. But I think tipping is here to stay for quite a while yeah but i think that's one of those things though like with automation it's kind of like covid now and this is different for you and me because of covid people were losing their jobs and businesses were struggling that i was inclined to tip more granted i don't really eat out that much um and we did start eating out more during covid so that we were trying to spread you know keep keep all these local businesses going but uh in that and then we tip a little bit more and so I wonder if it's going to be kind of the similar thing where with automation, we feel obligated to tip people more because their businesses are going away 
So we're trying to give them as much money to try and help them, you know? Yeah, it's, I guess it's like um, a new form of charity, I guess. Almost like putting money in someone's cup. I mean, quite literally, you do that at some places. But I guess I guess we're all so scared of mom and pop shops disappearing and how much COVID's affected everyone that we want, we're willing to pay a little extra money to keep them going through tips. But at the same time, if we pay them just a little extra money now just in general and we don't have to tip them they'll probably make more money i, I don't know but be, uh, before i just because it occurred in my mind and i just remembered it the word tipping or tipper has no origin they had like no one has any idea where it came from like i don't know why that's a thing but sorry i, I just remembered it and i wanted to get it out there but the word tipping or a tipper it does not mean to ensure promptness. <laughs> More or taxation without representation. Which other one? <laughs> yeah. And, oh, I don't know where. So I had another good tipping story. I was in Vegas, and I was winning, like, a lot. I was up, like, $400, like, which is a lot of money for me. Uh, and I my dealer was leaving, and so I tried to tip him. And they, it went into like a the community tip jar. I was like, no, no, I don't, I don't want to tip this new guy who I keep losing to. This other dealer I won really good with. I want to tip him. They're like, no, no, it all goes in the same pot. And I was like, oh, well, I just gave 20 bucks to this random guy. Or 20 bucks to all of you fuckers. And you keep doing these <laughs> shitty cards. It's some bullshit. So that's why I understand the people who are pissed at community tipping. Now, granted, I understand that the dealers do not choose the cards they deal but it's i feel like that's a common thing in vegas if you're winning you you tip your dealer hey you don't mess with karma you, you like if karma's doing you good you do good by karma yep and that's a whole what's a have you seen the recent trend lately where everyone's tip people not everyone but people are tipping like a hundred percent on all their shit because of like covid and all that stuff nick i don't watch the news i just read scientific articles and books and i don't have social media so unless i hear it by word of mouth or i or it's science slash math slash history based i don't know about it uh, i mean i pretty much just explained it to you <laughs> <People> are... <laughs> long story short uh it's not uncommon for people to tip like a hundred percent or something and it's like a big thing and now I feel like it's just raising the expectation of tipping that all of us have to tip this insane amount. Like I'm saying that how much you tip is slowly increasing, increasing, and it feels like it's it's getting faster and faster, getting more momentum of tipping more and more. And it's not, and I get if, uh, you know, you have great service and you're rich, like what's uh, Elvis Presley was a notoriously great tipper, but also very few people had money like Elvis Presley. <laughs> yeah. That's honestly probably like him just throwing his loose change at, at that point. But yeah, it, it yeah, it's like calling Rockefeller a great tipper. <laughs> like the dude burned a hundred dollar bills for warmth. Money does not mean the same to all of us. <laughs> I was gonna say like I remember in the early two thousands, people would like it make like, the local news of someone tipped a thousand dollars on this thirty dollar meal. Like it was like huge deals. I'm like. Why? I'll be honest, Nick. I've never had 
that good of a service where I wanted to tip a thousand dollars for a thirty dollar meal. That is ridiculous to me. I can't imagine. First off, having that much money <laughs> that I could just give a thousand dollars away to to one person, not like an organization that's going to help people, like to one random person, like that's like uh, well, who sings that song? Where oh my god, it's going to kill me. All right, so the this this per- lady meets this guy at the bar and they get to talking and they're having a good time and uh, it turns out the dude was a millionaire. And he left all the money to her. Uh, God is great. Beer is good. And people are crazy. And uh, I forget the chick who originally sang it. But yeah. And he just left. He the, the millionaire had these kids. And he just left all the money to this girl. And that's a made up song. So I'm sure it's not a real thing. But it's like that. Like you just meet these this random person. And the next thing you know. Like your life has changed forever. I mean. A thousand dollars maybe won't change your life forever but for some people it probably could i mean that's a lot of money just to get one day you know i mean if you invest all that you make pretty good money but yeah man that's like ooh, dropping all that that's a lot yeah if you uh if you're able just to throw a thousand dollars here and there uh let me hold a few for you i I would have no problem no problem doing that Well, well we did find that out in whatever that gallup study of not surprisingly, the more money you have, the higher you tip. I mean, again, there's a lot of really basic science being done around tipping right now. Yeah. I I also wonder on... I, I didn't come across any studies with this. Maybe you did, but a person's upbringing on how much they tip. Like we mentioned the north, the south, the west coast, the east coast. But I also imagine if you grew up poor or like your mother was a waitress or your father was like a mechanic or something like that where tips was actually a viable portion portion to your family's well-being i imagine you might tip more then i i didn't come across any studies for this but i imagine that's got to play an influence in it yeah i didn't see anything but i i mean that makes a lot of sense doesn't it i mean why wouldn't it have a difference you know, I you, it it's you just feel like you're paying it forward. You know, you see the impact it has on your family, and you're every time you tip, you're making that impact on another family. I'm also very curious if people who were previously in the serve uh, the food service <laughs> who served industry, uh, I, veterans of the service industry. Oh God, please no. Uh, I wonder if waiters are good tippers because a they might be or not able to tip but they also then know exactly what the person's going through but they might know exactly what the person's going through and they said they've done it themselves why should i tip uh, i i'm wondering if people who get tips are good tippers i did a quick google search and nothing's really coming up that says that servers are good tippers again this is a kind of a it hard... doesn't saying they're not i'm gonna go with they're not if i had to make an educated guess again a guess ladies and gentlemen but Nick, I don't know about you, but this was actually kind of hard to research. There's not a lot of science on tipping. It was mainly like science, like how to get more tips and people who make tips. Yeah, pretty much. It's all about what to do to increase how much you tip. It's And it's really weird. Like it's, it's, a, it's a surprisingly, I didn't really realize how controversial this was actually going to be until I started researching tipping. <laughs> like 
and it is very controversial. <laughs> yeah, that's completely. It, uh, I completely agree. I don't understand why it's controversial, but I guess it really is. Yeah, I don't know, but it is funny though because I think you're right. Because my one friend who did serve, I don't think he was the best tipper, even uh, though he always made. He was like, "You have to tip. You have to tip. You don't know what these people go through." I don't. He also didn't have a lot of money. He spent all his money pretty frequently, so that might be the part of the problem. I'm not gonna lie; it throws me off every time when you say he or she served. Like every time, like how does that relate to this? What we're talking? Oh, that's right. We're talking about serving food and drinks. <laughs> served in the service industry. Oh, four I, tours. I feel like that's like a Key and Peele episode or a Dave Chappelle episode right there. I don't know. I, 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 it's a, it's a, it's a, uh, Active duty veteran, actually retired veteran of the service industry. Two tours of, uh, what's the, shit, what's the Panda one? Express? Panda Express. Two tours, Panda Express, one tour, Domino's. (laughs) The cheese fields. Oh, God, the cheese fields. (laughs) But I, I don't know about you, Nick, but as, like, boxing or engineering base when i see someone go through something i went through either a i feel sympathy because i know exactly what they're going for or b i don't feel sympathy like quite the opposite like like oh come on i did that i know exactly what you're going through come on so i imagine tipping is exactly the same probably i think that's exactly right and in in yeah, like in, in my job, I supervise people who had jobs that I had previously. And it's the same thing. It's like, all right, don't bitch to me. I've, I've been there, done that. Like, I know I know how bad your day is. Let's get let's get the show on the road. Like, yeah. So I could see it where, you know, if you're a server walking into a restaurant and it's no one's there, pretty easy day, you'd be like, are you kidding me? Like, there's nothing going on. You want me to pay this expensive tip when you're just chilling getting money like yeah i I could see it well i don't really have much on tips except i kind of wish like the metric system america got on board with the rest of the world is doing that we go as much as i don't want be more like other people (laughs) like hey just pay the servers i think you're looking at this wrong mike not we shouldn't look at not getting rid of tipping as being more like other people, we should look at it as one less tax. One less tax. One, I'm down with that. <laughs> I'm 100% with that. Down with that. Yeah, it. I found it funny in the early American history, we didn't want tips because we thought they were uncapitalist and undemocratic. And yet we're like the last country to embrace it. Yeah, well, someone's got to be on the losing side of history. If there's one thing as Americans are good at, it's of letting go of things. Yeah, we don't have abandonment issues at all. Seeing as we still have military bases all over the world. (laughs) Oh, no, this is my part of Korea. (laughs) Just kidding. The Koreans want us there. But anyway, Nick, if you wanted to give a tip to the audience and they wanted to give a tip back, where could they find us on social media? You can find us on Instagram. You can find us on YouTube. Can they find us on Twitter? Uh, you cannot find us on Twitter. Because there's no good tips on Twitter. And out of curiosity, Nick, what book are you reading? 
kind of in between books right now. I'm kind of reading uh, Advanced Bushcraft by Dave Canterbury. That sounds Which is exactly what it sounds. Uh, It's just a book about surviving in the woods for extended periods of time, which is kind of applicable because I live in the woods. I mean, I don't live in the woods, but I spend a lot of my time out in the woods. So I thought I'd give it a look-see, but... It's more for if I'm going to survive out in the woods for, like, months at a time. And I'm cool with, like, a week at a time. It's like, I don't, I'm not trying to build, like, a, a colony out there. So I might get, like, his Bushcraft 101. I don't know. But it's 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 one of those things where I was trying to get, like, more involved with... Of knowing how to survive in the woods. But then it's like, man, I've been working out in the woods for years now. And a lot of this stuff is like kind of just like stuff you learn of what you can use for this and what you can use for that. And there's some stuff in there that uh, is interesting to me and I really enjoyed. Don't get me wrong. But like I said, the Advanced Bushcraft by Dave Canterbury is mostly about like living for like over a week or two at a time in the woods. And uh, I just don't think I'm going to have to do that. So I think I may have bit off more than I cared to chew. Um, so I might get his other book. I like the way he writes and I like the information it's presented in a, in a a good, interesting, easy to read way. It's just like, I don't plan on living in the woods for a month, you know? (laughs) I mean, I'd love to, I just don't have the time off. Yeah. All comes down to time and money, doesn't it? What are you reading? I'm still reading why we sleep by, uh, Dr. Matthew Walker. And I'll be reading that for a while because I'm still in my busy season. So I get about halfway through a chapter and end up passing out and then uh, having to reread the chapter. So I am very, very slowly marching my way through. But I am quite actually learning Tibbet's information on sleep. Because sleep is my favorite drug and my favorite vice. So it's always good to know and be able to control your vice. Please, sir, may I have some more <laughs> that is, sleep? That is literally me every morning. Please, just another hour, please. I can have sleep. <laughs> uh, well, I hope we were informative with the tipping information, and we gave some good tips to you. Haha, <laughs> da And it is a controversial subject that is quite recently changing and it will be changing very quickly so we may address it again in the future and nick do you have any final words nope got nothing else to say well with that as always ladies and gentlemen thank you all for listening Thanks for listening to the Backyard Philosophy Podcast. We rarely finish a podcast without missing a point we wanted to bring up, so let us know what we forgot. And if you have a topic you want us to talk about, let us know at Backyard Philosophy on Instagram and Backyard Philosophy Podcast on Facebook.